Hey, and welcome to the Blood, Sweat and Ears podcast. I'm Phil Bashford. And I'm Merrick De La Fuente. Today, we're going to talk about bass, 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 recording bass. and post-production. It's not very nice outside. Well, you can't decide whether it's nice or not nice. No, we've gone out for some breakfast. And it's been hot and cold, grey, sunny. Yeah, it's weird. All in like two hours. The English summer. Mm. Mm. Or lack of it nice. this year. going to talk about bass guitar because I think me and you have been talking about bass quite a lot recently. And so I thought we could do an episode on bass. Um, Let's do it. And I wanted to talk about kind of processing a real bass and then some alternatives to real bass, which is going to be a controversial opinion. Yeah, but nice. Hey, hey so let's start. Uh, we were kind of briefly chatting about this. So I think um, bass is cool. Me too. I like bass. If it's, End of the episode. Done. <laughs> if it's set up, and I don't think you always need new strings. If you're doing like, uh, you know, a kind of Beatles F, uh, sorry, violin bass vibe, old strings can be cool. Yeah, jazz records. fine. If you're doing any rock or metal though. Yeah, rock and metal still strings are good. They're nice and bright. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Strings. I think, which is slightly controversial, that anything kind of that's not i think you can go down to drop d i think you can get a bass into c fairly well um i think if you're going any lower than c you need an extended range bass yes um and then a lot of the time if it's any lower than that there are some other options that we will talk about in a bit but yes what what kind of what's some of the processing that you've dealt with with bass, like problem-solving things that you've kind of come across that crop up a lot? and Well, as with guitar and basically anything else, getting it kind of as good as possible at the source is really important. So you want to make sure that the bass is set up properly, got fresh strings, there's no weird like electrical issues or anything. And then you first want to play around with any sort of EQ you might have on the bass. Quite often, my starting point will just be everything on max. Right. Every, all EQs turned up full. If that's clipping the output, then then like try setting everything. They normally have like a midpoint lock-in yeah, zone. Yeah, like bump, don't they? That you yeah, can... if max is too much, then midpoint zone is the one. And that that shouldn't, if that's still clipping, then there's probably a problem with the bass, and then just turn it down more. But and that's generally for active basses. Yeah, if it's got that kind of thing, if it hasn't got that kind of thing, it's just got a tone knob or something. Then just tone all the way up, whatever the brightest, most mid-rangey version is normally. Cool. Then to go for, and then I'm usually recording a DI and a tracking tone. Tracking tone I will record, but quite often I won't use. It's just so it sounds like a amp while they're tracking yeah but getting a clean di is is the important thing yeah i think that's vitally important isn't it i think you can kind of split hairs um you know some people like to use passive di boxes with active pickups and vice versa but really if it's as long as it's consistent yeah everyone's like 
got opinions about the i boxes. I don't really care as long as you've got a good high Z input on your on your interface or whatever. That's going to do the job fine. Yeah, it's very very minimal tone difference. Yeah, I and think. you can get like if you're getting you can go for like DI boxes that I do have like an Avalon thing that I need to get fixed, but it's been broken for a little while and I haven't exactly missed it. Right. But it is really nice. It does give you some tone shaping options for the DI. Right. But as long as you can get a nice, clean, good DI, then you're good to go. Kind of miking up bass. I can't remember using a mic'd up bass on anything I've done in a decade. The only time that I've done it in like recent years is when someone's had like a cool, weird bass head that want to chuck it through an Ampere gate by 10 and it sounds quite cool. But there's no real reason to. No. Pointless. And again, the only one that I've ever seen at all worth miking up is like... Ampeg SVT Classic yeah, through an Ampeg gate by 10. Anything else, like, you're just wasting your time. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of mirror that. I, I have mic'd up a few bits of late and I and some Ashdown stuff, some other bits, but... Which normally sounds worse. It, it, it's just so, like, lumpy and there's so little control when mm. it's at volume. It just it kind of renders it unusable and you just don't... All the transients kind of get a bit flub and yeah, sort it's of flapping out, and it's not very nice. Yeah, and actually, it's not it's not particularly easy to capture bass well. Um, no, because of the frequency, the frequencies which you are actually looking to get. Usually, though, when I'm ironically when I'm if I'm ever miking up a, a, an actual amp for bass, I'm normally it's just for like the tone element. I'm not trying to capture the low end off it because yeah. that's just not going to happen. Well, it is with like a sub kick and some mics will be able to capture that. But for the most part, I'm still using the DI for the low end because it's a much cleaner, much tidier, much more controlled low end. Whereas an amp's just a bit wild, which is cool, like in a live scenario, pushing air, stuff like that, but you don't really need that. No, no, I, I kind of agree. I just, just kind of quite un... I'm wielding. I did do a record where we had two rigs, which we ran, and one of them was a clean, one was a dirty. And that, that worked really well, actually. Yeah, uh, it was quite a lot of effort. Um, can you get the same results with plugins? Yes, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, without all the the fuckery. So, yeah. So, it's saying about old and new strings. You know, you're kind of doing an old soul record or something playing with your fingers old strings are probably actually gonna add some vibe and stuff but if you're doing more hard rock stuff you tend to want kind of bright new strings yeah i mean i'd even argue like generally fresh strings are the way to go because if it's too bright just roll the tone knob down yeah and there there's going to be more harmonic richness in fresh strings i mean yeah i think the way to put it is it matters less like a jazz record it's absolutely vital, non-negotiable for rock and metal. Like, I will send you home if your strings are dead, sort of thing. Yeah. Like, but for if you're doing jazz or it's kind of smooth or it's like a soft part, and your strings are dead, that doesn't, doesn't really matter. Yeah, it kind of just, I can't remember which bass player it was, one of the old soul guys who never changed his strings. Disgusting. Yeah, I mean, cool. Like, whatever works <laughs> for you, but like, for soul, yeah, well, I can see that working, yeah, but it's still flub. kind of gross. 
It is really disgusting. But my tone, bro, like, nah, just, nah. Thank you, Put some fresh strings on and turn your tone down. There you go. Sorted. Problem solved. And you also won't catch any horrible diseases off your manky, rusty yeah, bass strings. Like tetanus. Yeah. Literally. Horrible. That is, is really minging. If you play your bass and there's like black shit on your fingers, when you're done playing your bass, your strings are too old. Full stop. Don't want to hear any other discussion about it. So with real bass, you're you're taking a DI and what what's your kind of things are you leaning to plug in wise to process those things? Some kind of SVT classic plugin. Nine times out of ten. Have you got a favourite? UAD one's pretty good. Well, the, it's the no, sorry, the UAD one's really good. The Plugin Alliance one's really good, which is the Brainworks one, I think. Right. That's also really good. I can't remember which one it is. I, I use one of those. I'm pretty sure it's the Brainworks one. But I think they're the same plugin, just different infrastructure. Different band. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not band, different brand. Different, you know, yeah, just yeah. different light. I think they're both, I, I don't know, I could just be making Sounds that up. similar. But they look the same. Yeah, and they're l- both great. There's a lot to choose from. You've got Parallax as well, which is very Parallax powerful. Parallax is great. I use the Dark Glass plugin a lot. Yeah, that's very powerful. And there's there's other bits you can use as well, like the Fab Filter Saturn is very powerful on Yeah, I kind of like that's cool on bass. But, I mean, it's sort of... It's just cool on everything, Saturn. You can kind of do whatever. But I feel like you can basically make any bass tone you want with an SVT plugin, Dark Glass plugin, or Parallax or whatever. Anything you could possibly want from that yeah and you're I'm guessing you're like doing a uh, you know you're separating the frequencies yeah I'm definitely molting it yeah 100% keeping the low kind of clean and then yeah keeping the low separate and then depending on what I'm going for I'm quite often got like a dirty track and then like a stringy kind of clean track the dirty track's got some sort of dark glass thing on it most of the time or some distortion um the clean one is quite often just SVT with the sort of ultra highs mode engaged, engaged right. so you get all the proper high end clattery stuff and then yeah just the, all the sort of low below sort of 150-ish stuff that's all um, and then there might be depending on how good quality the DI is there might be some sort of like harmonic thing on that low end channel if it's a bit shit yeah but if not, if it's a good quality DI, then it's just that with either an LA-2A in limit mode or classic L1. But if L1's too, like, sometimes L1 gets quite, like, even just on the low end, it gets a bit, like, a bit too distorted. Sometimes that works. But sometimes the LA-2A on in limit mode works better because it's a bit slower keeps it all together it's a bit more but it does kind of blobs it up yeah that's a good word blobbing it all together yeah yeah it's just like sometimes you just want to create like a ball of a blob of low end down the line the middle of your mix just like there just sitting there controlled and that's not getting away yeah i've tried the yeah i've trained the tried the brain works out and I I lean towards that. I know it's a it's a bit old now, but the I really like the 
STL Will Putney bass because that's got an Ampeg on it. That's decent. Yeah, that's, that's, it's that's super that's, scooped and just that's cool. Does a thing. It all sound the same ultimately, but you can do all of that with. I mean, everyone's trying to achieve the same thing, really. Yeah, different badges, different. Yeah, yeah. And kind of moving on from real bass, you know, we were kind of saying that if it if it's metal stuff and it's kind of tuned a little bit lower, generally, obviously, fresh strings are. a definite and getting it set up which is people overlook that it'll be all right it fucking won't telling you yeah if it's not set up it's gonna be an absolute pain in the balls if Um, it's not set up i probably i'll tune it once and then i just won't bother tuning it and then i'll melodyne the whole di when it's tracked and edited because if it's not set up anything above a fourth fret just won't be in tune and it's just a huge pain in the ass to constantly be tuning for like every three notes because the bass isn't set up properly yeah. so I just don't bother but yeah I would close enough and then track it all and then melodyne the whole bass the you find yourself melodyning bass quite a lot for metal most of the time yeah I was going to say generally I think uh, kind of a must because it just all kind of sustains out of tune almost bass a lot of the time I found that if the bass is just locked in in tune the whole mix just sits better because that's like that's the centre point of the mix mm. that's that's what holds everything together and if that's in like perfectly in tune and in time and all of that then the rest of the mix sit, just sits around it better I don't know how I don't really know how to kind of put that into words beyond that Gives it some clarity and some like definition that, yeah, yeah. I this is saying I I kind of really realise guitar sound more in tune as well. Yeah. So, um, recently I bought Submission Audio's Punk Bass, um, and I've tried I've tried quite a lot of the VST eyes out. I don't own many of them, um, but I've tried like AK Multimedia. I've got one. I've tried the Solomon a couple of the Solomon Tone ones that I know people have got. Um, and I wasn't, I haven't really been on board with any of them. Um, cause, and I tried the, someone I know has got the easy bass as well. And they kind of do an all right job, but they just sound a bit shit. Yeah. In a weird way, a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, I bought the punk bass for some stuff I'm working on, which is of that era. It's that kind of, yeah. kind of pick. P like bass. J bass, P bass. Yeah, sort of thing, vibe. Yeah. And I've been absolutely blown away from it. And I think, you know, I've said this to you many a time since. The thing that like really makes it, as you were just saying, it kind of centers the whole mix. So when you've got those like big chord sections and the bass sustains are just in tune. Yeah. And it just gives it gives the mix like another dimension of like clarity, clarity and like a solid makes it more solid. I don't know. Makes it more convincing. It's more like it doesn't feel like it's on the edge of collapsing the mix. I bought it for demoing purposes because I'm doing a bunch of tracks with some guys and, you know, one of them was a bass player but doesn't have a decent bass and once again, mm. you're back to that. Purchasing a bass, putting new strings on it, getting it set up. So you're, you know, for potentially uh, a vanity project, you're at least a grand uh, in the hole because, yeah, yeah. you know, you're getting a, a kind of decent J or P or... yeah. Even if it's not a fender, whatever, you know, it's going to be 800 quid. Um, and now, having used it for a month or two, I'm not even bothered about 
redoing it for Boom. real yeah real base i'm just leaving it and everyone's on board with it because it's just so in tune i find that a lot with super like down tuned bands because it's very hard to get a bass like set up properly with the right string tension and the right intonation all of that for like really low tunings and i'm anything below like drop b it i'd consider sort of really low and whereas some of these new VSD instruments like from Submission they do the gin bass as well which is a um, uh, dingwall right. and that just sounds exactly how you want it to sound and for that sort of music when you're doing stuff in drop G and silly tunings you, if you're tracking real bass anyway you're tracking it to basically sound programmed you're not like it's quite rare that you're trying to get like a vibey performance out of someone unless yeah. you're doing a sort of live thing you're, you're, it's paint by numbers at that point, on the on the bass, so you you you're, when you're tracking real bass, you're, tr- you're real bass. You're trying to make it sound like program bass, so might as well just use the program bass. Unless you do have, if you've got a bass set up, fresh strings, the correct string tension, correct scale length, etc., that can hold that tuning and sound big, nice, and piano-y on the low notes. Then great, that's awesome to track that. There's some stuff you can do with a real bass you can't do on these fake ones, but for the most part, the the, the kind of program based stuff these days is just it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's mental. I haven't had a go on that gym bass and there's the Euro bass one that's they the do. That's the classic as well. one, that's the Spectre bass, I think that was. And that that's just got slap, pick scrapes, like tapping. I was just like, holy moly, like the the one I've got is really basic. It's literally just like a pick. And there's a few slides, and but that's that's more than enough for what I need it for. But I'd be interested. To, have you you have you got gin bass? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to. You have to show me that. Yeah, I'll show you. It's I've used it on like lots of real recordings, right? That people like and do well, and people comment on. Oh, mix sounds super big and organic, bro. Yeah, exactly. Because the bass is perfectly in tune every in single time. note. Yeah, yeah, it sounds nice because it's in time and in tune. Like, this is a bit of a side thing, but it's like when people uh, talk about like organic vegetables and then forget to realise that actually real organic vegetables are all wonky and like, which is fine. They're still healthy and edible, but they're not organic veg like GMO sprayed vegetables are the big, fat, juicy, plump vegetables. The, the organic vegetables are like weird and deformed. Well, and they like, go off real quick. Yeah, one just because they're organic. There's nothing else doing that. It's a similar. You can think about it in a similar way with sort of uh, VSD stuff. Like you, you tricked into thinking that the big organic sounding thing is the real thing, when actually no, that's just the that's been refined to be a certain thing, and that's why it works really well. Yeah, a weird analogy, but you get what I'm saying. I didn't even really consider the technology being. And I'm not saying for metal stuff, because, you know, you've been kind of messing around with this stuff for, you know, you've got a couple of years on me on this one defo on like the the kind of program-based game and the kind of Odin sort mm. of thing. But I just never, I never heard anything in the more less metal, because the thing I'm doing is more like post-hardcore. Yeah. In that thing where you, someone's captured like a P bass and it's like wicked. And, you know, I've heard that, you know, the, Solomon Tones thing. There's a couple of bases he's 
had out for years and yeah i've heard them on records and they sound all pretty like, good like, like those basses but yeah. that's too aggressive and too active bass for mm. what i wanted it for so i'd never really yeah invested any time in it until yeah i got this thing and i'm like christ and it's been a been a bit of a game changer i've used it on quite mm. a lot of stuff already and as a writing tool as well it it's just yeah it's great i think you were mentioning before you you did a some tracks or a track and the um it was quite technical and the bass player actually programmed it rather than yeah well that was kind of i've had a couple of these instances recently where you've had a bass player who you've had a band that have written like say two or three songs all in different tunings fine because the guitarists are guitarists and they've got three or four guitars and different tunings and they're being creative and writing stuff that's absolutely fine but then the bass player's got like one bass which is kind of set up in a weird tuning that kind of means he can play in all those tunings live to some degree but that's just not going to cut it for recording because like if you want like when everyone's playing a big open note or on a riff that requires an open note, you don't want the bass player to be fretting something halfway up because that's just not going to resonate in the same way that the guitars are. So it's not going to give you that big kind of sound. For those artists, we said, okay, where we can do the real bass, we'll do the real bass, but you're better off just spending the time articulating the MIDI bass to do exactly how what you do and how you want it to be played. You'll have a better result doing it that way than you will trying to get your bass set up into all these tunings that it's probably not designed to hold and also it will cost you loads and loads of money actually those plugins are like between 60 and 150 yeah quid so you've got you've got the bass set up and put new strings on it what's the setup 80 quid yeah if you want like fast turnaround which all bands do need because no one's no one's no one in a band is forward-thinking enough to be like, oh, I've got recording in six weeks, so I'm going to get my guitar yeah. set up and book it in for like the... W-. No one ever does yeah. that. So, oh, so you've got £80 set up. Bass strings are at least £50. Yeah. So, meh. Yeah. And then you've got a writing tool. Why not? Yeah. It just seems like a no-brainer. Um, and yeah, that's, that's going to be a pretty unpopular way of looking at it. I've always been, like, when I've been re- in bands and... If I've played a riff in on a record and it's like, well, that that's not quite in key with how the other guy's doing it or whatever, mm-hmm. I've got no problem with like like giving my part away and getting someone else to play it because it's I'm part of a group of people trying to make a record. It's not about me. Yeah. So it's that, are you a vehicle for the record or is it a vehicle for you type yeah. scenario? And so my thing with this is like the stuff I'm working on could I get the bass in better by playing it with my current resources? No. I could pay someone to do it. Um, that's an option as well. But it would that enhance anything any more than it already is? No, not really, no. It'd ca- it it caused me a lot more editing work if I got someone to track it. So I'm gonna have to melodyne it and cut it up and comp, but you probably have to go back to them and change like, oh, can you do this this way? Or there's a slight wrong note here. It's actually this passing note or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've done se- sessions where, like, the artist has hired a really top level bass, like a a list, like top five bass players in the world, sort of thing. And it's still the case where like there's still back and forth of 
oh yeah, that's that's passing notes, not the wrong one. That's the wrong one. If you, it'd be better if you did it on this note. There's still that discussion. There's still discussion of timing. There's still me as the engineer editing this god-tier bass player's part to be exactly what the artist had. So that's great, and that's all fun, and that's all that, fine to do. But that's that's an unavoidable thing. With, yeah, with, but yeah. then if you're at that level where you're hiring someone who's, you know, got got some stars next to their name, that project's probably got the time yeah. and the resources for that to be a thing. As and well. also there's a different thing there where you're getting that person's name on the record. So that, that carries a whole other different thing. But for a lot of like smaller bands and like DIY projects and vanity projects, that's just not the case. It's not going to like, it's, it's pointless. That you're not getting people on there for the name. No, and and you know this is what it was just a bit of a kind of weird thing for me going. Oh, I've got this problem. How am I going to fix this? Because I've got a base, and I know I could borrow a base, and you still got to get it set up. And it just it kept going round and round in circles in my head. Yeah, and then I'd actually had a conversation with you about this exact thing, and I was like, I think I even said to you, oh, yeah, if you use that punk one you were like nah but it'll be decent so i think i just yeah i was like i've used most of the other ones yeah so i just bought it and then was like oh shit this is this is like game changing level yeah i don't think that's going to be a particularly um well received opinion among bass players only yeah but if you're making records um and it's one like for me especially and i don't know how you feel about this I know that that bass is just locked in. I don't have to worry about it now. Don't have to think about it anymore. I've got one of the guys in my band to do some guides to the program drums and program bass. And it was very interesting because one of the tracks that is being retracked is an old track that was done a long time ago. And um, there's a few bits in there that now the bass and the drums are completely locked in where... They weren't in the past. Yeah, and so now the guitar part uh, I'm playing the guitar part really loose yeah. to like accommodate how it was. So I've yeah. had to like adjust the strum, what my yeah, what my right hand is doing, where my up and down strokes are. Yeah, because now the bass is completely on point, completely locked, in. and that's how. It, but it's not. It's not like the that's bass. How it was written. Yeah. So it's not that the bass parts changed. It's that it's it's now correct. It's now doing what the initial yeah. vision was. So there's been a couple of bits where I'm like, oh, and so. I'm playing it. I know the tracks, obviously. I don't need to relearn it. I'm like, that's weird because what I'm playing now doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's quite, it's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting thing. But you'd have the same problem, though, if you brought a bass player in. Yeah. Because a bass player would try and play it correctly. Mm. And instead of, this is not like 20 years ago when you, okay, we've got this time to lay it down and kind of, how as close as we can get it is what it's going to be. And really. it, like editing, like warp and slip editing, weren't really. If they were, but not like mm-hmm. it was just a bit more complicated. Yeah, it just didn't really. Tools just didn't really have the the processing power to really. The grey Pro Tools, the the super old DRM one. Yeah, yeah, crap, horror. Yeah, so I think it's changed. But if you're if you're in a project band or you're in a, you know, and you're doing a lot of it yourselves and you haven't got, you know, if you're in low tunings, you haven't got a ding wall and you're playing a kind of cheap Ibanez thing, which works live, look at look at the submission stuff because it, it solves a problem. And to be fair, some of those cheap Ibanezes are 
actually quite nice to track oh, when they're set yeah, up sick. properly. Yeah. They're really nice. I think it's SRM or something. Well, I can't remember their... I know the ones. They're not very nice to look at, but they sound no, they decent. Crap, but they're, they sound good. They sound really good. Yeah. I've never heard if someone rocks up with one of them. I'm not, I'm not bummed out. I think if it's not set up and they can't afford to get new strings and... Yeah, but I mean, you can have a four grand dingball that's not set up properly and it's still going to suck. Yeah, that's true. Or it's like, it's, it's kind of, if you have a cheap bass properly set up, that'll track nicely. Yeah. But you have to get it properly set up with nice strings. And That's the thing that always gets missed out on sessions, though. No one ever bothers getting their stuff set up. Yeah, I had this with a band, literally recording an album, spending thousands on recording the album. And I was like, cool, get your guitars set up. And then they decided, oh, no, we don't need to do that. Oh, no, we'll just do it myself. And then obviously, first day, there's a proper like, I literally told you so. Because the first day we're struggling with intonation issues. and Did you manage to get it set up quickly? Yeah, it's fine. Like We managed to get it set up. It's fine. Took it to the tech and then it was perfect, obviously. But then you had to phone the tech up and piss him off. Yeah, but then they've had to pay extra for like really fast turnaround. And it's like, okay, well... So I did tell you this like weeks ago. Every element of this was avoidable. Yeah, yeah. I did tell you like, would you just think I was just, just for a laugh, just saying, get it set up. Ha ha ha. I'm going to make them get their guitars set up. Ha ha. That's going to be funny. <laughs> nah, just, just because it makes everyone's life easier because it sounds better. And they saw that. And to be fair, they were very like, yeah, sorry. No, we fucked that up. But yeah. I wasn't just I wasn't just having a laugh. It is like I know we're going off a bit of a tangent here, but it is like I, I tracked a band recently and uh, I you say I said to them, you know, make sure everything's set up. And the bass player's really super on point and I wasn't I was just tracking a bit of guitar. And yeah, the guitar just hadn't been set up. So I think he played like three chords on it and luckily the studio I was at has, has got like a, a telly that's not a telly and it's got a proper bridge on it right yeah rather yeah. than one of those ashtrays yeah. so I went and got that and then we just tracked on that but yeah. then obviously they're well, like oh this isn't my guitar well, you should have fucking got it set up get it fucking set up and if you've got a telly and it's got an ashtray bridge on it get get that off also it. if you're spending thousands on doing a record like just pay an extra 70 pound I'm sure you can find 70 pounds or even like plan it in advance and pay 50 pounds or whatever for but a set the, this is the thing so if you say like say that band you're working with like they've put like I don't know even if it was like five to ten thousand pounds what percentage of getting that guitar set up is is equivalent to that and how badly will it sound if that isn't done yeah exactly yeah it's fully. a weird it's a weird thing to it's a weird, Consider, like, yeah. yeah, it's like you're putting all your eggs into one shitty basket that it'll, well, we hope it'll be all right. It just, no, but it won't. Definitely won't be all right, yeah. Have you seen, though, um, Evertuner bringing out a bass one? Great. Love that. Because that'll be good. That'll be excellent. Because Evertunes uh, have brilliant. kind of changed the game a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Evertunes are brilliant. I've got, got one there. Question, because I've, I've only ever played that one and another one. How how easy is it to kind of maintain those units and do you know how to do it or do you have to take it to the shop or... So what do you mean by maintain? I like, mean, just for like day-to-day stuff, can you like tweak you, it oh, or... You, yeah, you can change you change the strings or something as long as it keeps stays in the same tuning. Right. 
you can tweak it you can you can like refine the tuning if you want if it's like a fraction out you can still do that you can change the zone it's in so if you want more bend freedom like for your uh um when you're playing but um yeah i mean you can change strings really easily you just tune it up put them on and like turn the peg until it no longer goes up anymore and then you you're in the evertune zone right and then it's in tune and getting them set up most techs can deal with them yeah they're a little trickier from the tech side of thing but like you won't need to like if they get that one gets pretty regular use and probably gets set up every four months or something depending on what's going on like a proper setup um because most things you can just sort of do and you can tweak uh anyway when you put new strings on and stuff so since you've had that evertune guitar is how much use is that getting for tracking now loads oh i i know it's in a specific tuning but i mean you know no, but even even stuff that's not in that tuning is getting used like i was writing with it yesterday with a band um i quite often lay like layer guitar things doesn't matter what tuning you're in for that yeah for sure the octave chords like picky arpeggio things because it it's just in tune. I can just pick it up and it's ready to go. It's not, I haven't got to try and tune it. It gets used on 80% of the stuff that gets tracked in here in some form. Right. And obviously for the band, it's mostly from my band, it's used as the main rhythm guitar tracking and used live. It'd be kind of helpful having maybe a six string in more yeah, standard Yeah, I, I would like to have a six string ever tune in here as well that'd be really handy well i mean i've functionally got that because i've got a six string in standard tuning right on that well it's in it's in d standard at the minute right but it's still or d flat standard i think so something like that it's in a standard tuning so you can do six string stuff on it right so it would be i guess useful to have another one in a six string yeah but not not necessity not vital I've never thought ah oh, damn I wish this was a six string yeah but then I'm not really sort of then I'm not really using it for that kind of thing but I guess you could sort of do riffs even yeah it's not I haven't really I haven't really played around on them too much I'd like to I would like a guitar with one on but then again it's like how much am I tracking you know and yeah. my guitar is set up really well so yeah. and it works yeah we're going to uh press forward in the next couple of weeks and get uh, a link out some free samples yeah boy uh just sorting that out it's been a bit slow we've both just had a lot on um, all the things happening so we're going to do like a gum road thing um and we'll just put a link up on instagram facebook and maybe on our other social platforms and yeah we're giving away uh I think it's five kicks, five snares, and a couple of effects snares that we've both yeah. put together. And that's going to be like under the kind of floodgate thing, which is uh, just the kind of sample thing that we're working on at the minute. There's going to be more coming. Um, so, yeah, look out for that link. Um, yeah, and we'll see you in 10 days. Bosh. I've been Phil Bashford. I've been Merrick De La Fuente. Easy. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>